Welcome back to the Messy Financial Podcast. Today is Thursday, October 26th. I'm Felipe Medina, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President at IHT Wealth Management. And I'm Chad Sewell, Certified Financial Planner, Senior Vice President with IHT Wealth Management. And like always, before we dive right into our, our topics today, let's just go ahead and satisfy our compliance guy. So information mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation, objectives, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed, past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. IHT is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. And, and now that we have that sort of sort of knocked out, I think, you know, today you and I had kind of discussed, you know, there's a lot of, lot of turmoil going on in the market, a lot of worry out there. Um, so I think today's podcast, I think we kind of want to have sort of more of an open discussion back and forth between Chad and myself about what are some of the things we're looking at, some of the things that we're paying attention to, and obviously uh, we'll address some of the concerns that I'm sure we've been, that both Chad and I have been hearing from clients. So with that being said, Chad, like where, where do you want to start today? And what are some of the things that you and I have kind of looked at that you think that would be uh, relevant for, for some of our listeners to hear? And, and we can kind of start from there. Yeah, I, I think, I think the obvious questions out there right now are, are, I think they come down to two, which are effectively the same one, which is what's going on and where are we heading, right? We, uh, up to uh, the end of July, the market was obviously agreeable. We've been, since then, it's been anything but. And looking at where we're at right now, from where the market peaked out in July, uh, of this year anyway, to, to where we're currently at. We've seen a 10% pullback or or roughly very close to that number from the market. So um, I think as of today's trading, we're, we're officially in a correction now. Um, and so I, as we have done with with sending out market updates and, and podcasts and what have you, we, we had seen or felt pretty confident that both August and September were going to be challenges with the market, just given... It, like one, you have the historical element of those months are generally lighter volume and tend to be um, war, like kind of the worst performing months of the year. Definitely September has that that crown. Um, and then depending on what we saw in August and September was going to be our, our jump into October and how we felt the market would eventually recover from what happened in August, September, and then we would see a strong fourth quarter. And as we're sitting here on October 26th, um, after the close, um, October has been anything but uh, a rebound, right? And, you know, it, over the last couple of weeks here, as I've, as I've spoken with um, a ton of my clients, um, I, I, it, it, this last week to me was was kind of the, the big kick in the shins because I, I had actually thought um, as we were getting into October, that week of the ninth was when I thought we were going to see it start to bottom. Um, and then last week happened where we had some more selling. And then, you know, this week that hasn't let up. I, I think the encouraging news and all of that is as a starting spot anyway, is from a technical side of things, we've, the market has still held to 
what needs to happen. Now today with at least what most technicians would would show as a support line was right around 41, 46 and the market closed below that. One thing I would say is support levels are meant to just be general guides. They're not the end all be all. It, it just tells you where um, the market has held historically or, or has held over a period of time. Um, it's it's I don't I don't put too much stock in that, and I think that this is going to be something that in the next few days here uh, will prove to not mean much. And why I say that is because what I go back to is just the fundamentals we've been seeing. Um, this week is a big week in earnings. Um, I think off the top of my head, it's 160 companies that are reporting and Felipe, you and I have been talking about this on just what has been, we've had four companies now as, as we're recording this, four of the big, uh, the big name companies, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon have all officially reported. And the theme across the board is they've all just blown up. To a good side, blown out earnings, and uh, specifically Facebook. I mean, just absolutely destroyed earnings yesterday. And what all of these companies have been met with is getting sold off. And so it feels like, and and maybe you could add some some commentary here, Felipe, that there seems to be a pretty major disconnect between the reality, the strength of the company, and how the market's trading right now. Yeah, and I think the key topic that I've sort of been having the conversation around with my clients was sort of a deja vu of sort of what we saw last year when we saw interest rates climb and saw stocks fall in conjunction with that. And it's no surprise that when we talked about how you had talked about the market peaking out sort of in July, uh, in that same time frame, we've seen the 10-year treasury basically explode to the upside. We saw it jump from 4.2% to 4.9% and been hovering right around there, give or take. We even touched into 5% for a while. So that's a, that's a 14 or 15% move since July, which I think the conversation I've been having with most clients is this is the biggest concern out there uh, for the market, biggest concern out there for companies, uh, things like that. And that's sort of why I think your kind of leads into what you just spoke about with regards to we've had these blower, blowout killer earnings from some of these big companies and like they've been met with. Uh, sell-offs. And I mean, Google reported earnings on Tuesday. Uh, they beat on both the top and the bottom, but just because they didn't quite blow out on um, their cloud computing segment, which is considered one of their higher growth margin, growth areas of opportunity, the stock was sold off 10% uh, in one day, um, which seems to be a little overdone considering the fact that search, uh, Google's core competency, their core business, which is about eight, accounts for about 80% of their profits was, was up. Um, so we tend to think some of these things are a little overdone, uh, meta, like you talked about meta, which is Facebook reported outstanding earnings, uh, yesterday as well. And again, was up in after hours and then was just met with some selling off. So again, I think this is a rates game. Uh, I think the fact that the market is just really kind of paying attention to that. Um, I know, uh, one of the things we've looked at with regards to, uh, some of the biggest tail risks, uh, you know, uh, headwinds out there. That's, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Headwinds that we've seen out in October to 23 is obviously high inflation is one. I think Bank of America put out a survey that we looked at, which was the number one was high inflation keeps central banks hawkish, and that's 31%. Geopolitical uh, risks worsening at 23%. Uh, global recession slash hard landing was 21%. Uh, 
uh, systematic credit credit event, uh, government slash corporate being 15 uh, percent. Number five was AI tech bubble at 4%. And then last, last thing on the survey was China real estate bust 3%. So there's a lot of, a lot of headwinds out there that are sort of uh, kind of knocking down some of these fantastic earnings that we're seeing, especially from some of these big companies. And, and it's, it's sort of that wall of worry that we talked about that we've talked about in past podcasts that normally historically, when you, when sediment gets so bad, price movement gets so bad and all these things sort of line up, it sort of tends to say that the selling starting to get overdone and or is coming to a, a I want to say a close, but just sort of like a, it's in the bottoming process, right? That wall of worry that we've kind of, kind of touched on already, you know, the US 10 year jumping 14 or 15% since July, oil increasing from $81 a barrel to 85, obviously the, the whole new Israel Gaza uh, war, the hard landing, the VIX surging from 13 to a little over 20 now, and obviously the the, the negative price momentum we've seen with the S and P falling 10%. So again, I think this is just a uh, a reaction to higher rates, higher things like that. There's obviously some 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 headwinds out there that is causing people to be spooked and, and jump out of out of this market. Uh, we've had great numbers. We've had some good. We had GDP come out today at 4.9%, which was which was above estimates. I think the estimate was at four and a half. So we're seeing a lot of things that the economy is still showing a lot of resiliency, uh, but there's a lot of worry out there. And I, I think tomorrow we get some more indications. We get what PCE tomorrow and University of mm -hmm. Michigan one-year inflation, I think. Um, and those numbers should come out and hopefully we can see that PCE, which is sort of the Fed's favorite thing to look at with regards to how inflation's uh, doing out there. Hopefully we get a light number there and, and that can kind of ease some of this selling pressure and, and kind of help back backfill some of the this this negative momentum we've seen in the market because uh to be honest with you earnings earnings the way the earnings have come out just don't necessarily justify some of these things well and i think that if you look at it so just looking at it from a standpoint of of where we have like so as of this morning 35 percent of the s p is reported um of that 79 percent are beating on estimates and then beating by meeting a median of 6%. And I think what like the devil in the detail on that of, of the other 21% of the companies who haven't beat, their miss is only by 3%. So it's not like there's this massive uh, lag factor by those that are missing. And, you know, it, the thing that I would, I would circle back to is, so that's the story of, you know, when, when looking at those four big names, if you look at just the revenue growth, growth uh, Google was right about 11%. Microsoft was 12%. And, and all this is year over year. Amazon was 13% and Meta was, tw Meta was 23%. So, um, which, you know, th those types of numbers from especially the Meta or Facebook side of things are, uh, as some analysts have said, as good as it gets. Um, and so I think the fundamentals are, are clearly saying are clearly speaking that this is good like gdp growth of where it's at good thing fundamentals and earnings where they're at good thing um unemployment where it's at historically good thing um consumer spending where it's at good thing so all those boxes that we would check from a standpoint of the health of the economy um given uh where we're at uh, and especially where we thought we would be a year ago. And when I say we, I'm just saying the the general tenor of the media and the consensus of the average American was that by this point, we would be in a recession. 
Heck, we, they, they, everyone thought we'd be in recession in January, February, and look where we are now. We're nowhere near it. Right. And, and, yeah, exactly. And so take that. And, and it's not to say that a recession can't exist or won't be in the future or any of those things. I'm it, just speaking about where we're at right now. And I think that, you know, you talked about a few of the the issues that are walls, the, the walls of worry um, or, or climbing the wall of worry from those issues. And I think, you know, to me, I boil it down to even three more simply. You got yields, the word with Israel, and then recession. And I think that if we were to walk through those pretty simply, yields are, you talked about it, they, they, they've gone up by almost 20% since the beginning of September. It's just been this meteoric rise that, you know, I, I think just from a standpoint of just common sense that if yields have gone up that fast, that quickly, we're talking about bond yields, not stock growth, bond yields that within a two month measurement have gone up. Like I said, I mean, these are just close numbers, almost 20%. If we saw stocks increase by that much in two much in two months, we would all say, okay, this likely going to see some kind of pullback here. And so I think yields are, are self-evident. It's a sell-off. A sell-off is coming. Right. Right. Exactly. And so it, I, I think that, and, and you're starting to see this positioning take place by by different hedge funds out there that are supportive of being long, long-term treasuries. Um, the Israel war, that's that to me, I don't, I don't think there's really any answer to that, I, especially one that we'd be able to give. But the only thing that I would say is um, not to mitigate the importance of this, um, but if, if it stays regional, you know, that the, the impact that will exist there, I don't think is, is anywhere near what we saw last year with Russia and Ukraine. Um, I think the concern out there and, and maybe rightfully so um, is whether this will spawn off into a, a larger um, using the term world, world war three seems to be the popular term. And, you know, by Google searches, that is the highest searched term right now. So, that that I mean, honestly, you and I don't have an answer to this, or obviously, I should say we don't have an answer to this. But it seems like that's a that's a wait and see. But the market, since this has come out, it, we've seen a pullback, but it didn't seem to to jive with when the news broke about the Israel war. It seems to have jived with whether it's technical trends or or um, a variety of other issues. It seems more aligned with that than it does with with the news of the war. And then the last part goes to the recession and just kind of talking about the fundamentals that I, I did earlier. On top of that, uh, the S&P 500 flash came out a, a couple days ago and it showed PMIs above 50. And just for a brief synopsis, all that means is that if PMIs are over 50, we have an expanding economy. And so with an expanding economy, it's hard again to, to suggest that we're going to see a recession in the very near future. And so um, when we're combining fundamentals, when we're combining uh, um, uh, even technicals, there's a lot that starts to become supportive of, I, I really truly believe the market's bottoming here. Um, and do you want to touch on some of those technicals, like that 13 DeMarc setup that we had looked at and talked about earlier? Yeah, I, I think just the what what Philippe and I were discussing is there there are def, there are a variety of different technical measurements to look at when trying to assess the market through uh, essentially charts and graphs, right? And one of those is there's a Demarc um, there there are Demarc combos that can show when the market starts bottom, and so one that just triggered is what's called a DeMarc 13 buy setup. And what that has 
coincided with over the last year, year and a half is when the market bottoms, a 13 buy setup shows, or uh, I'm sorry, when the market's bottoming, a 13 buy setup triggers. And then um, that marks within a, a day to up to like three or four days within that timeline that the market is bottom and then uh, starts to work up to a higher high. And so that just flashed yesterday. And so likely maybe by the end of this week or early part next week, the, the this bottoming out process will be complete. But I think I'm always hesitant to say timelines like this because it's, that's the hardest thing to, to judge is how, how long and how quickly will a market bottom in while it's in a bottoming process, I think that undeniably that this is the most painful part of investing is watching things slide away um, from, from a standpoint of valuations and kind of have hands up saying, well, why is this happening? And, um, you know, I, I've shared this with my clients over the last couple of, of weeks here is to me, it, it feels very like we're seeing this from gauges like uh, the the fear gauges or panic gauges that are actually tracked out there, and it's showing that fear is at getting back to all time high levels. Um, and you know the Warren Buffett qu- quote of "When others are greedy, I'm fearful. When others are fearful, I'm greedy." And I think that this, you know, with investing, is this is when markets get dislocated and valuations become extremely attractive. And I think it's a good opportunity to buy. And if we're using some of the stocks that we were just talking about, like Google. That was headed down called 13% in the last two days. Given what they're showing from a reporting standpoint from the business strength, feels like a pretty attractive company to own. And maybe it doesn't seem as attractive in the next day or two or three, but over the next year, two or three, it prices are should be pretty attractive looking having hindsight being 2020. Yeah, I think I think you can talk, you can kind of look back at historical timeframes and and see that to be the case. I think, for instance, I know. When was it? About a year ago, when Nvidia dropped like twenty percent in a day when they missed on earnings, and it may have looked like a bad buy. Or if we had bought it before then, I think we had bought it for some clients before then, or right around that time frame. And did it look great at that time frame? No, but look what it did the next twelve months, jumping and going meteor- meteoric like it has those last few few uh, months and or year. So there, there's times that again where this is the hard part of investing, and I, I've tried to explain that to clients like. When the markets are all going up, stocks and bonds and correlation, it's very calming. It's very good. It's very easy to kind of sit back and just let it go. This is the time where we kind of test our mental resolve in the sense that this is investing. The markets are going to go up and down. Obviously, there's always there's always some risks and some and some headwinds out there. It's just we have to kind of sit back and make sure that we're navigating those things as best we can. And like you said, I think the market's a little disjointed right now. Uh, there's obviously all those those headwinds, but like you touched on some of those some strong earnings. And when looking at earnings by sector right now, I think we're seeing we've seen eight of the eleven sectors when the S and P projected positive uh, year over year earnings growth. Um, that's not the sign of a, of a, I would say, a weakening economy. Yeah. Of the three that are that have that have kind of come in negative, it's energy, materials, and healthcare. Well, everyone knows that due to COVID, material prices went through the roof. Energy prices went kind of weird and berserk last year, uh, so we kind of expected some of those things uh, to kind of come down. Again, healthcare, obviously, with with the further away from COVID, we've gotten a lot of those things popped up, and 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 those and people are going to the doctor a little less, things like that. Um, we're starting to see those. So those are the three sectors that have been affected. 
uh, as a year over year earnings, not growth, or it's been negative earnings growth. But those are also some of the sectors that popped significantly during 2020, 2021, and, and even into 2022. So we've seen some of those sectors are the ones that are sort of giving back uh, some of their, their crazy pops from last year, whereas now you're seeing like communication services, which got beat up significantly last year, up 32% this year. Uh, so you're, you're seeing those types of things kind of, kind of, again, everything kind of comes back full circle, uh, not necessarily you know, it's not a one-to-one, but you, you kind of see some things given and some things taken in certain markets. But again, eight of 11 sectors showing positive returns, GDP 4.9%. You touched on on a, on unemployment being relatively low. The economy is really fairly strong. And, and again, like we've talked about is we just have to make sure that um, we keep having these conversations with people who see all these other headwinds out there. And, and yes, it looks ugly. Yes, it can be scary at some times, but what we want to do is not make emotional decisions and want to bail out of everything when these types of things happen, because those tend to be the worst times to do it, such as, you know, 2020, when when everyone thought the pandemic was going to wipe out everything, the market fell in 32 percent. And that was extremely painful. But had we sold right there, we would have missed the complete run up uh, that we saw right after that. So I know that's well, the conversation I, you're having with clients. I know I'm having that with clients. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, and I think that that's the key in all of this is, um, it's it's always hard to to, well, like one we talked through that we thought we were going to see a pullback in the market, and sure enough, we we have. The hard part in this is always how long and for how far, and so the <clears throat> overall, you know, I, I I think what where we come in or what what the the hope of of this is to say is. I really think that this selling is getting extended and meaning that it should end very soon. And as the old saying goes, markets don't bottom on good news. They bottom on bad news. And they, and the reason markets bottom is because it runs out of sellers and not every one of those metrics that, that, that gets tracked to these, uh, to this has been fully met and they never, you know, it's never a perfect, easy storm to, to, to time the bottom. But there is far more in the camp of uh, there are far more metrics that are in the camp of the market is bottoming or has bottomed potentially um, than it is the other side of that. And so our our overall stance is that the market is at or very near to its short term or local bottom and that we should see some run. And one thing that I would say is I think that there's we've talked about this throughout the year of the undeniable truth is that people have missed the market growth of this year. And that once pricing comes back and, and after hitting that 10% pullback in the S&P, it starts to get a lot of this cash that's on the sidelines, off the sidelines and into the market. And so I think that we're going to see a lot of this cash that's been sitting there waiting, be it enticed by this good pricing that has been created by this recent pullback and start to give the market its run to the back half. And so, or I should say this last quarter even. And so it, I, I wanted to to effectively end there by saying it's it's we you know this these these three months are no fun. It's not it's not enjoyable to watch um, the market give back some of the gains of the year. Um, but overall, I do believe that we're getting very close to the bottom, and we and there are more more there, there's more in the camp of good than there is bad. There are plenty of headwinds, and there always will be, but. I think we're we're soon to see this thing turn and see a pretty good run to the end of the year. And overall, my the thesis that I had to start the year hasn't been changed. It's it's just 
taking a little bit more time for this thing to for the the pullback to to right itself. Yeah, I think I think you're right on there, Chad. I think uh, you put a nice bow on that for us. So, uh, with, with that being said, we appreciate you uh, listening in. Again, please feel free to reach out to myself or Chad uh, if you have any other questions. And again, thanks for listening in. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon.